The following episode of Geeks and Beats contains language or subject matter that may be unsuitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Copy streaming link. Can, do you guys see the live on YouTube in the top corner there at the very top? Oh, there it is. I see it. Okay, so there's the link. I'm going to admit all now. I'm posting in the Facebook group. All right. Hey, everybody. Looks like we're ready to go. Mm. How many people? 18? Wow. All right, stand by. Here we go. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes and GeoCities, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. Here we are with the series finale of the world's most popular podcast. We say thank you to the interns with a socially distant open bar farewell. And longtime friend of the show and special guest, Brittle Star, joins to uh, exhume his cats. It'll all make sense eventually. <laughs> and now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Thanks so much for joining us. We're just getting all the technical ducks in a row here. Krista Sampson's here from uh, the uh, from the editing team uh, with the writer's room. Uh, Brent as well. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, uh, Raf, thanks for joining us. Good to have you with us. Uh, Chef Mike Benninger is being a little shy with the camera right now, I notice, as is Antoinette, Crystal, Mark, Dr. Proximo, and Derek. Dr. Proximo joining us uh, who knows where right now. Uh, let's admit everyone else, and I'm going to go in. I'm going to change the uh, settings so that... Oh, I, I can't. I can't change it once it's started, so I have to continue to admit people to the big show. But it looks like we're all here. Derek Dresser's here. Derek, good to see you again. Awesome. Who else do we have here? Oh, we got somebody who's anonymous next to Derek as well. Okay. So, uh, Alan, are, are we ready for the big show? What do you think? I, I think we are. I think we are. Let, let, let's, let's do this thing. Dr. Proximo, currently in Montreal. Uh, so here's the way it's going to work. If you've got a comment or a question, uh, throw it into the chat. And uh, when we mention your name, just uh, take your mic off mute. And uh, away we go. So look at all the people who've shown up for the big finale. All the people live stream. that... We, or specifically I, am disappointing. Yes, more you than me. You know, when I asked the, the members of the World's Worst Intern program to, to write in and tell us a few things about, you know, their feelings about the show, it was all about you, man. Oh, well, okay, here I have to come clean. Now, this is the second time we put the show on hold. First time it was you because you had other things going on. Mm. Uh, this time it's me because my day, my week is has turned into a series of 12 hour days and there is no there's no end in sight and i just can't devote i have to i have to i have to prune the tree a little bit and and unfortunately this is one of the the branches that have to go i just don't have the bandwidth i just don't have the time to do a proper to contribute properly michael does so much work on the show you have no idea he drives everything and uh, if anybody has a right to complain about having too much to do. It's him. But uh, I'm going to take that route. I just have too much going on that I just can't keep up. 
this is good a good problem to have, particularly in the world of COVID-19. What I've experienced, and it seems you are as well, is the world has recognized we can't necessarily meet in person. You know, otherwise we might have had this event at one of those bars like we had done previous shows. But uh, that people are pivoting to podcasting and they're pivoting to remote video. And that's a lot of what you're doing right now. It is. It's a tremendous, the, the list of projects that I have on the go right now. I mean, I'm dealing with the Elma Combo. I'm dealing with a couple of documentary series. I'm dealing with uh, an event space in Buffalo. I'm dealing with a bunch of stuff with Global News. I'm dealing with a children's book that I wrote. <laughs> well, hang on. You, you've got a children's book you're working on? Uh, no, it's done. It's coming out in April. And I think uh, it should be out in January. And it's it's based on a uh, my my Science of Rock Museum exhibit. So we've turned that into a children's book for people between the ages of seven and fourteen, focusing mainly on boys who have a you have a hard time convincing them to read anything. So yeah, that's coming out. So I'm gonna have to deal with that. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I I gotta ask. How can you write a children's book? You have dogs. <laughs> I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, we, uh, it's, it's me and the wife, and we, we managed to get in uh, a professional children's book writer to help us with some of the language. We did all the research and, and, and laying everything out. Um, so we, we tried, believe me, I tried to write in the language of a 7- to 14-year-old, and I failed miserably, so they had to bring somebody in. Back up. 7 to 14. That's not a children's book. You're talking young adult novel here, my friend. Well, it's not a novel. It's called The Science of Song, I think. The Science Behind Your Favorite Music. And it is... Um, well, I'm 7, you're still a kid, right? Yeah, you're absolutely still a kid at 7. But you're a very different kid than someone who would be reading a children's board book. That's I am not the publisher. They simply agreed to publish the book. So here you go. All right. So um, I, I suppose for the benefit of those who are watching the big show who aren't familiar with a lot of the people who make things happen behind the scenes, let's uh, first of all uh, bring in uh, Vanessa Azoli, who is our ace producer on the big show. Vanessa, thank you so much for everything you've done. We did not have Vanessa for the first time through. Uh, we brought her in for the second, the, the reboot of the show, and she has done an amazing job getting his guests keeping everything on on track um uh, what nothing was that it where we um, what no, 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 i just said it must have been a glitch okay fine uh and then we got into cosmo music a couple of times which was great mm -hmm. yes so vanessa tell us a little bit about that experience uh, well, I mean, I'm the marketing manager at Cosmo Music, so uh, it was a natural um, partnership between Geeks and Beats and Cosmo. Um, and it's it's been kind of funny because I do kind of the social media on both sides. So there's been more than one occasion where I will tweet from one of the accounts and then retweet from the other account. And it's just me doing both. Um, but nobody else has to know that, although now everyone does. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, we do an annual, or we did up until this year, an annual uh, music festival. And so you guys attended uh, two years now. And uh, um, last year, you guys had a really good spot um, right at the front entrance. Yes, and uh, and you guys got the best footage of Dave Grohl and Geddy Lee showing up, um, <laughs> which was uh, a surprise um, at the Cosmic Music Festival last year. Um, how, yeah. how does that sort of thing happen? How do you get Dave Grohl and Geddy Lee to show up for something? So 
Getty Lee was planned. We knew Getty Lee was coming because we were one of the stops on uh, his book signing tour. Um, Alan did the event in Oakville, I believe, right? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, so we were we were one of the um, one of those stops, um, and we knew that was going to happen. And the night before Cosmo Music Fest happened, Getty's management reached out and they said, um, "Hey, can Getty bring a friend?" And then we were like, "Yeah, of course he can. It, like that's fine. That's perfectly fine." And they were like, "You guys have security, right?" And so we had no idea what was happening. And I was up in the music hall because we have music clinics going on the day. And then I got a text from my boss saying. David, Dave Grohl just showed up. And I was like, that's not a friend. (laughs) (laughs) When you say I'm bringing a friend, that's, that's not the friend that you're expecting. But uh, Dave Grohl drove Getty Lee. Yeah, he so. was uh, his Uber driver or, yeah. or Fuber driver. Fuber driver. Oh. Yeah. So if, if you missed it, what happened was we were set up outside this, I guess, security staff door. And uh, a, a big black suburban pulls up, and I just look over my shoulder and I go, "Oh, Getty, wait, who's that driving?" And then I look at that. No, it can't be. And then I get up and I move over to the the door where where Dave is getting out, and he looks at me. He goes, "Can't stop. Got to pee," and runs inside. Yes. <laughs> Which? Uh, how is it that Dave Grohl is the one doing the driving when Getty Lee is the Canadian who probably has the driver's license? Fair. What had happened, and the reason why he was there is uh, Dave Grohl, and it hasn't come out yet. We keep on begging management to give us something, but um, Dave Grohl was doing a documentary. And so uh, part of his docu- documentary, you know, his mom wrote a book, and then part of the book, he she became friends with Getty Lee's mom. So there was that whole partnership. And so I think our festival was part of his documentary because he had a filming crew along with him that day. Mm. So uh, we haven't received the footage yet. We're over a year now. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you guys are probably going to be in it. because it's, it's you guys, possible. Yeah. Yeah. His mom wrote a book. His mom, Ginny, wrote a book called From Cradle to Stage. Yeah. Which is all about being a, the, the, the mom of a rock star. And she got along very, very well with uh, Getty's aged mother. And they've, uh, they were in Toronto to shoot an interview with uh, Mrs. Lee. Yeah. Mrs. Weintraub, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Amber Healy, of course, one of our uh, segment producers and writers on The Big Show. And Vanessa, you and Amber have uh, quite a relationship working back and forth behind the scenes on The Big Show. Amber, good to have you with us. Thank you for everything happy you've done. It's been an absolute joy, and uh, I'm happy to be here tonight, even though I hate cameras and hate the sound of my own voice. You know what? And Alan, you can back me up on this, but pretty much everybody hates the sound of their own voice, even within the industry, with the exception of a couple of people. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, The hardcore narcissists, they're the ones who love their own voice. Everybody else hates it. It's a totally natural thing. When I first got into radio, I, I job shadowed the afternoon DJ at CKFM 99.9, um, playing Toronto's music. And every step of the way, um, at age 16, he would turn to me and say, I was the 16-year-old, not him. And I would say, he would say, are you sure this is what you want to do? <laughs> yeah, okay. And it took me like three years in the business to really understand that, yeah, this is this is what we want to do. Amber has spent uh, a remarkable amount of time in the world of journalism as well. And she, mm-hmm. like me, has just concluded that, you know what? There is a life outside of this line of work. 
and it's better. Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's a lot better. Um, nothing against the places that have, uh, employed and paid me along the way. Um, cause you know, that's important, but working in broadcast before, uh, changing jobs this last time, it's just not for me. Um, I do miss going back to the voicing for a second. Um, there was a wonderful guy who sat next to me and I would love when he would track his stories, uh, for voiceover parts because he would turn into radio guy and he would lower his voice and do the enunciations. And it was just the best part of my day. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm out of that part of journalism, at least for the foreseeable forever future. Okay. Wait a second. I have a question for you. What was your broadcasting career? I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, I was a digital producer at a uh, cable station here in town. Okay, all right. In the town. For uh, uh, Buffalo, man. The closest non-Canadian city. I can see Fort Erie when I drive past the uh, Peace Bridge. And for the past six or so months, it's been breaking my heart every single time because I can't get over to see my friends or my bands, and they can't come over here. And it really super sucks a One lot. One of the things that I learned about Buffalo um, didn't ha- happen until after I had driven to Buffalo and seen the city firsthand. Because as a Torontonian, as a child, you grow up watching Buffalo television for the Saturday morning cartoons. And then yep. you get a little bit older, and you see the, the promos for the newscast coming up. And Torontonians always like to make fun of Buffalonians for, what's with your city? It's on fire. It's always <laughs> uh, you're talking probably of Irv Weinstein and yes. his very colorful ways of talking about uh, fire eaters and flame bugs smoke and eaters. the other things. He would, smoke eaters. That's it. Yeah. That's what it but what I learned after I had actually visited after years of going, what's with that city and their fires is that your city is made out of fucking wood. So much of the infrastructure of that city is made of wood, whereas in Toronto, it's brick. Toronto doesn't have fires leading the newscast because it doesn't have the same decimation that it does in Buffalo. And then when I was mocking a Buffalonian about the fires, they told me that there's a Torontonian version of it, too. There is? Yes. Amber, do you know what it is? What, What the big Toronto news is that Buffalo's news is fires? I honestly don't know. It's accidents on the 401. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> They're like, what is I, with I you people? Say. You can't drive. Uh, it's true. Not a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would give favorite? anything to be stuck in Toronto traffic right now, by the way. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. What we're it's looking at here is the most viewed article oh, on geeksandbeats.com. Wow. What was it? Sharif don't like it. A brief history of the clashes rock the Casbah. Okay. Interesting. Every single day on geeksandbeats.com behind the scenes, it is the most viewed article. Is that so? Yeah. And hmm. it's Amber's article. Well, gee, thanks. <laughs> we don't <laughs> even fun. say they're, that. They're always fun to research. Um, I mean, when you take a song like that, that everybody knows, um, you think everything's been written about it and you just try to do your best to sort of piece things together and um, make it fun, make it interesting take those threads that are out there and put them into one. And uh, apparently it's working because people still like it. It, 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 Now, regardless of what happens with geeksandbeats.com, that is always going to exist on the internet. Well, good. Nothing ever goes away on the internet. 
Well, I don't know. We're getting a lot of complaints from the hosting provider for geeksandbeats.com that we're well over our file allocation. Oh. I'm not going to blame Krista Sampson for that, but she certainly <laughs> has played a role in it as one of our writers on the big show. Krista, good to have you with us. Thank you for everything it's you've done for us. Great to be here. Yes, thanks for having me. And uh, the whole experience has been amazing. Um, this was sort of the start of my, I guess, writing career. Um, I think I saw it like... Alan, I follow Alan on Twitter and it was, he sent out a tweet saying, any writers want to write for a podcast? And I'm like, okay. So that's Vanessa, by the way. <laughs> we hijacked Alan's Twitter account and on yeah. many occasions over the course of the last eight seasons, it oh, was a bit of a problem. Which reminds me, I'm going to have to change my password. <laughs> well, thank you, Vanessa. So, so that's how I got started. And um, same like Amber. I mean, there were so many things that I wrote about that I had no clue about especially the tech stuff because i am like i've always joked that i'm the least techie person to write for a tech-based podcast I, the music stuff i was sort of more interested or knew more about but some of the tech stuff was completely over my head but i thought okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna research it so it was it was a lot of fun so Vanessa, you were the one responsible for shepherding um, the writers, and many of them are here with us uh, mm -hmm. tonight. Do, do we do we have a, a thumbs up for all the other writers who are with us here tonight? Absolutely. I see Shane. I see Derek, uh, among others. Uh, Brent is here as well. Um, that that's that's just amazing. So tell us a little bit about that that experience. How how did Vanessa help you in that world, Krista? Sorry, that was I. I wasn't sure. It's, a, it's a Zoom call. Um, You're on mute. <laughs> um, I I think it was just um just getting into it and learning how to you know like whether we were pitching something or she would email me and say okay well I've got this thing do you think you can write about it and even though in my head sometimes I was like mm, I don't know if I can but I'll I'll give it a shot so um yeah Vanessa was always very supportive and like collaborative just working with with everybody else on the team so it was it was awesome uh, let's uh, let's say hello to some of the people who are in fact uh, joining us here as members of the world's worst intern program uh, i asked people to set off a uh, uh, some sort of you know comment you know tell me what is it that you know geeks and beats meant to you so uh, antoinette uh, van den dickenberg who i think it took eight seasons uh, Antoine, I think you're with us, by the way, so take your, your, your mic off mute there. Um, it took us eight seasons, Alan, to be able to pronounce Antoinette Vanden Dickenberg. Antoinette, did we get it right? Oh, she's not here. Oh, damn. I, I, well, I, I'll never know. It'll be a mystery for the ages. She says, <laughs> when, when I asked her, you know, what was it about the show that, that she liked? She said, both your voices and speaking manner are very pleasant. I have quit many podcasts because I just couldn't get past the nasal sounds lisps. <laughs> This was one of the things that I talked a lot about when I talked to clients about podcasting is that the signal to noise ratio is just crap. Uh, which, which part of it? Well, the fact that anyone with a $39 Logitech oh, I see what microphone you're yeah. can start a podcast. Which is true. In fact, I did something for the um, Manitoba Podcast Festival yesterday. And one of the things that we were talking about is equipment. And you do need to spend a certain amount of money on equipment so you sound good. Um, it's not just the equipment. Like, like, you've got it. I've got it. These are sound absorption panels uh, in the studio that ensure that... Um, the sounds don't bounce around the room and create that echo effect. 
Yeah, you have to. You don't need to spend a lot of money, but you do need to take care when it comes to the making sure that you have the appropriate audio quality, which means a good microphone, a good recording software with a decent computer with enough RAM, and it is in your best interest to hang, you know, towels or blankets or something on the wall just to get rid of that reverb and echo. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, Dr. Proximo points out uh, on the Zoom call so far, we have had our first cat setting. I suspect that's Sean Jate's cat, our <laughs> ace director. That's possible. How are you, man? I'm good. Thanks. Good. Thanks. I had been going to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas for, I think, at that point, more than a decade uh, for CTV and the Business News Network. But it wasn't until we went down. Alan Cross, Michael Hainsworth, and Sean Jate, that I have to say, I actually enjoyed CES for the first time. Well, I'm glad to hear that because it makes me feel also oh warm inside. But uh, it was a fantastic time. Uh, I think one of the highlights had to be the David Lee Roth show, <laughs> amongst other things. Which I bought extra tickets to by mistake. <laughs> Long story, and then try to pawn it off on us. Yeah, and <laughs> what the hell? And I don't think you ever paid me for them. That's okay. We paid oh, we you did for so. those. Are you sure? Okay, so here's the situation: Sean and I are sitting side by side on the plane uh, on the way back from CES. And I turned to him <laughs> and I and I said, "Okay, so I got an idea. Let's just pretend that that Alan like." gifted us the tickets and just like be so effusive about how fabulous it was that he did such a wonderful thing and it was like halfway through the flight you got up turned around and faced us because you were in the seat in front and went uh, uh so uh so yeah about the tickets and and it took all the energy in us not to <laughs> i know we were we were paying for it from day one we knew it but we we're like let's just see how far we can push this yeah okay thank you and then andy barrier who has yet to join us on, on the big show here our west coast bureau chief mm -hmm. uh, he was in on it as well and sean i think you and i with uh with him and with Andy, the three of us did a sort of a post-show review. I'm going to dig it up. But, Alan, we couldn't find you anywhere. Where was this? In Vegas? In yeah, Vegas. Right after, after the, the David Lee show. show. No, because you guys moved. You went to some different seats, and by the time the show was over, you were gone. We What? Yes. I went looking for you guys, and you had vanished into thin air. <laughs> we were right outside the same doors that we came in. No, we well, stood there but, and did a Twitter video. You actually, we have video evidence. I'm looking for it. <laughs> but I, if you knew where I was, because I was in the original seat, why didn't you come and find me? Why does that? Ahead I of we us. just ran in. We figured we'd run into you in the lobby uh, somewhere. But I think you you laser beamed out of there. No, I did not. I looked around for you guys. You were in, really you know, no. I thought you guys. I thought okay, great. I, I gave you a ticket. You know what happens? Well, you, you, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that because that and was now the show's fantastic show. show's it was thanks to you that. getting the tickets. Oh, okay. so we so we why would we wanted to get your your word, especially on went, that video, then, the video review. But then, uh, then you guys went and hung out with the, with the band. Well, we didn't really hang out with the band. We saw the band at the bar, and I approached the guitar player and asked him if he would. Or no, yeah, the guitar player and asked him if he would do a quick uh, interview with us. And he said, uh, "David Lee Ross Management has that pretty locked down. We're not really allowed to talk to anybody." Ah. Uh. Okay. Of course, we were going to ask, so what kind of a dick is David Lee Roth to work with? <laughs> that would have been a very good question. Yeah, it's something he wouldn't want to answer, I'm sure. No. No. But anyway. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because that was the thing that got me the most, was at the very beginning of the David Lee Roth experience, he came out and he was Mr. Vegas, and it was amazing. Yep. And I thought, he recognizes his audience. He's, he's going for his audience. But Alan, within minutes, it was evident, to me anyway, that this was a performer who pulled it out of his ass every night and relied on his backup team. He certainly did it the night that we saw. Now, that was the first night of his residency at uh, House of Blues. And his band was really good. Like, Fake Eddie on guitar was excellent. Wow. Yeah. Very, very good. He phoned it in because he was walking around with a glass of whiskey the entire night. He's 60-some-odd years old. He couldn't do the high kicks anymore. His oh. vocals were way off. There was one song, and I don't remember which one. But there was a woman sitting next to me, and he hit a couple of really bump notes. And she looked at me, and I looked at her, and we just went, oh, dear. Oh, this is awful. So at, after that point, we decided that uh, we would just you know watch the show for its car crash value. <laughs> yeah. Car well, crash. Is yeah, it really was. Oh, it's okay, terrible. So, so with 596 views, uh, here here's the video. <laughs> Maybe you'll hear it. We're having a debrief of the David Lee Cobb concert. Yeah. I felt like I was in the mountains and I found myself. You had a religious experience. Yes, yes. it was yeah. pretty much. Like yeah, my, yeah. my life is changed. First time seeing him? First time. Did but you ever see Van Halen? No, okay. no, but I know okay. all the okay. Okay. So you had a remarkably happy experience. Yes. You really rocked it out. Smiling. However, you as a musician. Well, he's a musician too. He just he doesn't. I, no, I just saw this. I, I didn't like see many Every single mistake he's got, that was made, he's, he's this man jobs. here. Oh my God. Okay, he okay. couldn't hit a fucking cue for the life of him. Like, just <laughs> every time it came to his turn to sing, he looked like, oh shit, is it my turn to sing? Yes, it's your fucking turn to sing. Okay, all you California girls, right? Yeah. I apologize for my profanity. How do you forget? How do you forget the lyrics to California girls? Yes, yes. Right. You know how you forget? You just you get busy in your own head and you're looking around, you're doing your David Lee Roth moves. Focus. He had the moves and his voice still had the power. Yes. Well, he did. You know, I think he, he eased into it. I don't think he sang a lot in the first half of the first half hour of the yes. show. There was an yes. awful lot of talk. Yes. yes. And I think he was easing into it. And no, I, no. He got his, it was the booze. It was the booze. Because he can't. A stagehand came on and refilled his tumbler with yes. four yeah. fingers of halfway through Panama. We don't know what it was. It, it reminds me of when my grandfather used to. My grandfather used to go to the bar and he goes, two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I had a blast. Yes. At the end of it, you guys? I had a religious experience. In the end, I really enjoyed You know what I really enjoyed? I'll tell you, uh, his band was fantastic. Yes, they were tight. They were tight. They were tight as hell, and they made the show, and he picked it up near the end. He definitely performed about four songs that were fantastic. He did really well at the end. Where's Alan Cross? Yes, yes, we lost Alan. The man that actually got... Probably writing a review. Probably writing a review, didn't, right? You did, didn't you? <laughs> didn't, that yes, was dead, actually. But that you, was directly was, across from the doors that we entered, and we came right out the same doors, and and literally spitting distance. 
Yes. And we, and we figured we'd run into you there. We figured you'd, we'd catch you walking out the door or, you, or you'd be ahead of us. You could have you could have tried harder is what I'm saying. Well, I'm kind of glad you didn't because uh, then I just went back to the hotel. Because it was three yeah. drunks doing a live streaming Twitter video. That's all yeah. that was. That's that, true. I, I have to get, at the end of it, I looked back at Sean and I went, can you tell him I is funk? <laughs> He's like, ah. How can I tell I was high as fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, the Internet's favorite dad has joined us now. Longtime friend of the show. Uh, and the reason why we're concerned that Stuart Reynolds might, in, in fact, be in that condition is I, I, we can't see his face with exception for the slits that resemble <clears throat> his eyeballs. Stuart, Listen, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's an honor to be here. But in a, in a large gathering like this, I feel safer with the mask on. <laughs> and uh, I'm used to it now. It's fine. Cheers to everyone here. It's uh, It hasn't presented a problem at all. <laughs> it, it's filtering it's, uh, for you, isn't it? It's got a really nice cottony taste. It's, uh, it's nice. It's good. <laughs> now, uh, now, and this mask. Yeah. It, this is a custom, first of all, nice with the tumbler, the custom brittle star Like tumbler. that? Yeah, that's Listen, nice. I don't screw around, Hainsworth. As <laughs> is the mask. Alan and I talked about we needed to get Geeks and Beats masks. Yeah, we missed this right. one. And, and my, my trick, my idea was that the mask, instead of what you've got there, which is the yeah. three hearts, you know, the R I Love Canada. Uh, or it's sorry, not, Peace it's and not, Happiness. It's, it's not I Love Canada? No, well, tell it's me It's Peace, Love, Canada. Oh, okay. Where the happiness is replaced. I don't like the dismissive yeah, tone that Alan took it. there. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a good thing that this is running out of uh, out of gas because, uh, well, obviously I've overstayed my welcome. <laughs> well, Alan and I were going to get these masks made up, and my idea was that we should get masks of our own faces that you, right. as a fan, could wear. Yeah, and then I could become Michael Hainsworth. Who wouldn't want to be? Who would not want to be me? <laughs> I'm going to make you co-host on this. It's nice when you put a joke out there and there's no actual joke, but people still get it. Yes. That's the great thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so you are perhaps the most famous guest we've ever had on The Big Show. That is terribly sad, and it's a good thing you're shutting this thing down. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but you and I had a great conversation over drinks one day in downtown Toronto at the Scene and Be Seen um, restaurant Earl's uh, about the importance of digital media and mm -hmm. the content creation that you do. And one of the things that we never did was really put out content on more than a weekly basis. If we really right. wanted to, to, to make a, our mark in the world of YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, we would have had to have been putting out content a lot, fa a lot more frequently. Am I right? Absolutely. You know, what's really weird about uh, not just social media, but digital media in general is that it's like people are consuming stuff constantly all the time now, right? They're just consuming, you know, so much music and video co uh, content. And it reminds me of like way back in the uh, like late 90s, I was looking, I used to do jingles radio jingles and music beds for radio jingles. And I wanted to sell them through MP3s, but no radio station was interested. They were like MP3s. Now nah, the quality is not nearly broadcast quality. And it was, I mean, that's a valid argument at the time, but I remember reading an article and it was a guy who's like, can you make money as a musician doing downloads only? And as opposed to selling, you know, records or CDs. And he said, after he did like a six month trial and he said, well, after that was done, he's like, yeah, you can, as long as I make an album a week, I'll be fine. And of course that's unrealistic, but I mean, you really have to, like, you know, I I'll do videos that get 
100,000 or a million views or something. And then five days later, people are like, are you done making videos? You're not making any more? Right. And you're like, come on, man. They don't know you exist anymore because the algorithm yeah. decided. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I've disappeared. This show isn't helping. <laughs> you know what? It hasn't helped anybody. <laughs> despite, I think that one's pulling the plug. Despite our best efforts, uh, you should see... Well, I've never seen them, so I'm trusting Michael. You should see our our, our accounts receivable and accounts payable. Uh, it's not good. And uh, you should see our downloads. And, you know, one of the things we don't have... Hey, an we hit a million downloads. No, no, no. I mean, on a, on a, on a regular week-by-week -week episode basis. It only and, took us eight years. I know, I know. But what I'm saying is that we had... We didn't have a lot of downloads, but... We have an extraordinarily engaged audience, and that's what you want in the age of podcasting. You want engagement yeah. versus overall numbers. And we, I have, agree. You know, every week there were three thousand people that would follow us to the ends of the earth, and you cannot ask for um, the, the support that those three thousand people gave us was just outstanding. Absolutely, and I totally agree with you. And I think that you know, and I, I don't know if any of you guys maybe you hate her. I don't know. I don't hate her. Uh, but it reminds me of, we did this live stream on Fridays and we did it for four years. And I was absolutely convinced that I was going to just kill the live stream. And cause it was like, compared to the other numbers from a brand perspective, it was like, I can't sell this to anybody. No one's going to buy it because, you know, 6,000 people watch over the course of, you know, 72 hours. I mean, it's not enough for, to sort of generate any real business excitement. Sidebar, and, everybody who needs to know this, the images behind Brittle Star there of are of people who do in fact watch his yeah. Friday morning morning show. They send in the photos. They get put on the on the. the, the Those are just the Fridge Friday winners. If you're not on there, you're not a winner. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember reading Denise uh, Donlan's book, and she was talking about how she was hired to do the CBC radio thing and shutting down a bunch of places. And she said, "Well, I want to go to these places before I shut them down." And I tell this, uh, like, actually, this I, I told this, this story to my wife, Shannon, who then told it back to me when we were deciding what to do and to sort of underline the, the uh, value of a dedicated audience. And so Denise goes off somewhere down east, and she's up in some town hall thing. They're talking about axing the local CBC station. And uh, uh, some older woman stands up and says, uh, will you be getting rid of Birdline? I'm like Birdline, like what the hell's Birdline? So Denise leans over to the person from town. Is like, what the hell's Birdline? And well, it's this half-hour program that comes on where we have uh, ornithologists on, and people call in and mimic the calls of the birds they've heard in their backyard. The ornithologist then says, "Oh, that's a woodpecker. That's a blue whatever." And uh, she's like, no, we're not going to get rid of Birdline. So <laughs> because that's why the CBC exists. Exactly. Alan, you know as well as I do, in small town Canada, the radio station particularly, and I'm sure the TV station too, the, the, the radio stations are have got a very different programming slate than major market radio. Yes. One of the most popular shows on the small town radio station that I got my first on-air start with was the Swap Meet where if you had something you wanted to sell pre-eBay, you would call up the DJ on a Sunday morning and tell him that you got a lawnmower for sale yeah. for 10 bucks. Oh, I listen, and at CJRL in Kenora, we did swap and shop twice a day. 
for 15 minutes. Twice a day. Twice a day for 15 minutes each day, Monday through Friday. And uh, it was like, hello, swap and shop. Yes, I've got a pair of tires for a 1955 Fargo half ton. They're $25. That's $25 for a couple of tires for a 1955 Fargo, Fargo half ton. Call this number. 705-622-4545. Right. The logistics were pretty incredible because yep. when you um, put something up in the swap shop, uh, you got a number associated with it. And then someone who was interested in buying it would have to call the station with the number and then that would connect people. That's oh, right. You, you would call the, uh, if, you, if you missed the number, uh, there was always somebody there. You were supposed to transcribe the phone numbers. And then give it to the receptionist, and then she would answer anybody calling in to buy those items. It's crazy. It would never happen now. It would never happen oh, now. I just, I just see like Chef what Mike saying it would never happen now. It wouldn't happen now. You, it still no. happens in small town radio. I, I don't 100%. think it does. I don't think people can really? follow that many links in a chain anymore. But I can see Chef Mike saying in the comments that uh, CKNX funeral announcements at twelve thirty-five. That happened in Stratford as well on CJCS. It was the most popular radio show they had on the air. It was. I, ser I seriously considered killing my parents just to get on it, just so I can get a, <laughs> a leg up. We used to have it at CJRL at twelve thirty-seven every weekday. And mm -hmm. it was a funeral report, and, it, uh, and you would you would play oh, this dirty. You play this dirgy funeral music on an organ, <laughs> and then you would try to read this obituary without cracking up. Yes. And of course, there was a guy I was working with uh, named Ted, and uh, Ted would come in, and I remember one day he was wearing uh, an Alien, you know, the movie Alien. He was wearing a, an Alien knockoff T-shirt that said, "In space, no one can hear you fart." <laughs> No, he's not wrong. And okay. he walked in as I was doing the funeral announcement. <laughs> and that was it. I was, I was gone. Okay, I've, I've got a similar story. I've, I've, I've mentioned it before, before I get into mine. This is my first on-air job. The mighty 560 CFOS in Owen Sound, Ontario. Join us Monday to Friday, 1.30 to 2. They're still doing it, man. Um, and uh, Chef Mike Benninger, who's the one who sort of got us down this path, um, I, I think he, he did something a little earlier, and Sean Jate pointed it out. So I think now, is uh, considering this is a Zoom call, that it is appropriate that anyone who now has a cat, they are obligated to retrieve their feline and show the rest of us their uh, Preferably a ginger, actually. Preferably a ginger cat. The ginger, well, you're going to be racist about it, fine. There you go. So, Michael, you know I grew up in Owen Sound. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I know, same here. So, Dada Deal for me was like every single day. But the most the most fun I ever had was living near Wingham, Ontario with 920 CKNX. Yes. 1240 every day was, what? CKNX was like the evil end radio station. In I we hated those assholes. They were bastards, every last one of them. So CKNX, so they had the fuel announcements on <clears throat> every day at like 12.35, and it was Johnson, Larry, Stephen Johnson. Suddenly. Suddenly, age 104, <laughs> daughter of June, wife of Brenda. Forget this story. I, Where's your cat? I love oh, here, Randy's here. got his here. cat. This, so this old guy here, this is Cinnamon. He's, he's like... Photo he's like 19 and he's old and he's crazy. Scratching my balls, but we love him all. Right there. Say smile, everybody. There you go. Yeah. Okay, Michael, Mike. thank you for the shout out for, from the Holden Tech for Teens from uh, last week. We gave 47 units out to the public. 
Nice. 47 computers. Everything from single mothers trying to finish high school, kids who's, I got one guy who's, one woman called me in tears, her father, uh, the kid's mother, uh, kid's father sold the computer to buy weed. I, you know, I'll just, it, oh, goody, oy, oy. Uh, so a lot of stuff got done. My corporate sponsors at Siemens and Dell and um, CFCC and Outward, uh, Outsource IT were fantastic. Uh, there's the phone to this right now, to this moment. There are still people calling in every single day. We're not changing the world, but we're making one small part just a bit less shitty, and that's a good thing. And thank you, and thanks for your plug. We very much appreciate that. Fantastic, and, and I hope that that all of that came through for you as well. And because, as you point out, not only do you have to deal with uh, kids in this province in, in who don't have a computer, but when they get that computer, they still don't have internet access, and it's the kind of thing that we need. Working on that. Uh, excellent. Uh, so, Chef Mike Banager, thank you so much for being such a big uh, fan of the show and for helping us out over the course of the years. I want to say the same to Grant Ridge. Is Grant with us here today? Uh, I asked him uh, to tell us what his favorite part. He says he can't narrow down a specific podcast or guest. Alan, that was the best or a highlight. He says for him, it was the interplay of two friends talking <laughs> about whatever they enjoyed. Aw. <laughs> that, was, that was a bit of a smart-ass snark laugh. What was that all about? It was, it was a genuine Aww. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and is that not the secrets to this industry? When I first got into the business, I used you uh, among two or three other um, broadcasters as sort of my template for my work. And the thing I took away from you was even when you were clearly reading a script and clearly meaning I knew that because I was in the business, um, you never sounded like you were reading. You always sounded like you were talking to the person who's listening. That's what I tried to do from the very, very beginning. And uh, I'm glad it worked. And now I lured you into this business, and now you're doomed. You, you played a big role in it. Absolutely, you did. And so thank you for that. Again, like like the guy I job shadowed, who's like, are you sure you want to get into this line of work? Uh, Jeremy Porter says, I really do learn a lot from your programs. I love hearing about AR, VR, gaming, job trends via tech, automation, self-driving cars, robotics, and, well, most things, minus sex bots. You know, that's going to be the sad thing, because even though you and I have our separate projects that will no doubt grow and go on to do great things, there is no place, no platform for us to engage in our sex bot chat anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know what? We, we brought on uh, Laura DiCarlo from the Laura DiCarlo company to talk about, you know, sex bots ostensibly, and you never brought it up. Because I was still so incredibly intimidated by her because I ran into her at CES. And if you saw my Instagram post of one of her uh, devices, uh, it, it scarred me. And I, uh, you know, whenever I saw her, I th kept thinking, hey, hang on, what was the device that scarred Oh, it was, it was this it, thing up. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, it was kind of like a rabbit. And I Alan texted it to me at like two o'clock in the morning when you guys were down at CES. And did and you I, forget? I, I screamed at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Where, yeah, where you, yeah that's it's uh no, it's uh what is the the curved one. Yeah, that one? and that, that little thing moves. See the oh, this, 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 no, 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 no. See, you just go no, no. both parts move. Side. Uh, oh, that thing is huge! Yeah, go, go to see the little bump. <laughs> the little bump on like, the like left that hand. looks nice and small and discreet. But oh no, 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 no! She like she a Buick. Uh, she had that. She held that in her hands in front of me, and it was like, whew, uh, hmm. 
It's only two hundred and ninety dollars U.S. They have four interest-free installments. <laughs> but wait, <laughs> order okay. now, and <laughs> everyone knows that when it comes to things like a car, you know, you could uh, put it on a lease. You could um, go to the bank and get a car loan. And the worst thing that could possibly happen is you have car trouble while still paying down the car. Right? Could you imagine being on four interest-free installments of seventy-two fifty? And the thing dies? No, I'm just... Now you're paying for a toy that you're not even using. Back up. Back up. You're buying a vibrator on time. <laughs> Let's just let that sink in. You're buying a vibrator <clears throat> on time. I think what I'm going to miss most about the uh, dynamics between you two is it's like you both have a quality to your voices that's sort of like a guy beside you going, come here. I want to tell you something. Tell you something. <laughs> and you're on either side. And then when you start talking about consuming vibrators, it's, it's, it's too much. It, it is too much. Mm. We, uh, we have long ago expanded past any boundaries personally and professionally we may have had before. <laughs> it had been suggested to me that I put together a blooper reel of outtakes. Well, that would be comments. That would be career ending. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes. Every once in a while, I would send something to Vanessa and go, "Did I include this? Include this?" And she'd go, um, uh, and then I'd send it to you, and you'd go, "Absolutely, no problem." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." And in broadcasting, there's a phrase that goes that everybody uses: "When in doubt, leave it out." out. Yeah. Well, I don't think we did that too much. I mean, I, I trusted you to 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 edit everything into. Um, uh, a, a non-litigious, non-libelous, non-slanderous way. So far, we haven't been sued. Although there, we have had our problems with various online platforms uh, and and uh, takedown notices. I'm going to look up the email I got from Sting's people. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just recently found that. I had it on my phone just the other night. Oh, did you really? I reached out to them to see if. One if last you would come Hail on Mary. for the last show? Yeah. Like, You're kidding. One last fucking Hail Mary, right? We got to do it. <laughs> this is why Vanessa is the best. For the record, this is why. For all of you out there in Radio Land, this is why. Agreed. Uh, I, I, had, um, uh, I had actually um, thought I had made a major mistake. Um, his, his real name, what is his real name, Alan? Gordon Sumner. Sumner, exactly. I asked has Mr. Sumner even heard of us? And when I got like a, a very <laughs> terse response, I'm like, oh shit, did I get his real name wrong? Can you imagine that? No. So, so okay, so here, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna show you the original. Oh, I can't show you the original email. Um, that would be wholly inappropriate. Hey, for you book. look for that. Let me tell you something. Okay. Did you know that my uncle, my mom's brother, first name basis with Sting? What? What? Yes. Wait, what? Wait, what? No. Why are we learning this now, Sean? <laughs> Do you Which think I'm, why? I can only, I only ever use that name drop once. And it was Which name? an autographed poster of Sting for a girl I liked in high school. Oh my Gordy? god, really? Who is who is now married to a woman? Well, then it clearly didn't work out too well. Yeah, no, I really I blew I dropped it. So that's why I didn't want to do it again. I didn't know what would happen. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. of all the things, of all the things. So we had said that the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, um, the musical guest each week was Sting. And 
I expected at any moment to get a takedown notice from Sting's people. Instead, it took how long? Let me pull up the date. Oh, it years. It was August 4th, 2018. We were six years into the show, and I get, um, I notice you're promoting an upcoming performance by him on your August 26th podcast. <laughs> they were very polite, yet we are very we are unaware of when and where this performance was done. Would you kindly shed some light? <laughs> Which was their discreet way of going, what the fuck are you people doing? <laughs> and as you can tell, I was waiting for this email to come for years. And I had written so much in response, expecting, and at the end, thank you for your humor and patience. And at the very end of all of this saying, listen, I know that we're just goofing around here. And if you really want us to stop, we'll stop. And their answer was very specific. We appreciate the detailed response and are fine for it to carry on. That is literally the extent of the email. Yeah. Well, we gave somebody in Stinks Management Office a, a, a little bit of a, a laugh. So my my uncle wrote that response. I bet. <laughs> man, oh man! So yeah, so it was really awesome that we actually and I had actually followed up with a so uh, did Mister Something know anything about the show? Blah 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 blah. Crickets. So uh, we're we're out of luck. Yeah, and even even when his musical came to town, we tried to get somebody in or go to see him, and it didn't work. Yes. And yeah, Amber, you're right. My email is as long as one of your articles. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. No, no, exactly. Necessarily. I mean, it works for you, yeah. right? They didn't sue our asses or anything. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I expected something to come down on it. I expected them to be like really upset. And quite frankly, the reason why I chose Sting was twofold. One, I had our ace announcer, um, uh, Andrea Ruse, voice like, three dozen different musical guests. And the plan was every week it would be a new musical guest and then we wouldn't mention the musical guest at all during the actual podcast and we would just pretend nothing had happened. Um, but I got a little lazy. <laughs> so it, it just ended up being Sting. And then I thought, wouldn't it be something if like it blew up and Sting threatened to sue us, take my house, take my child. This would be a huge social media event. This would put the podcast on the map. Yeah, never happened. Just a so, wait. slight inquiry. Michael, were you willing to risk your family for this? Yes, I was willing to put my child up. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a goddamn cross Oh, my God. Okay. Th thanks for clarifying. Well, you know, it's, you got to do what you got to do in this digital age. Am I right? What, what, right. what happened? What happened to Stuart? You're absolutely Stuart? right. See, I'm incorporated, so they would simply come after my business and leave my house and my wife and my dogs alone. <laughs> Sweetie, it's for the good this? of the show. It's for the good of the show. Just go. Yes, exactly. Um, Sean, what is this reference? Is Alan going to go three for three on vagina stories? Oh, I need one more. <laughs> the last two podcasts I got broken off in a Rafi interview. You yeah. broke off into a <laughs> You know what? Now seems like a good time to talk about female anatomy. I've been married for 30 years. I've been with my wife for 32 years. Um, I take my fun where I can get it. Uh, I do, by the way have uh, a story and it has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about but it really made me laugh 
I don't know if you realize this or not, but the British TV show Spitting Image is coming back October the 3rd. From the 80s? From the 80s. And there is out there, if you care to Google it, a trailer for this coming up. And, of course, Spitting Image is puppets. And these puppets are characters, characters of real people. And they skewer these real people. For example, in the trailer, there is a shot of Gwyneth Paltrow. And she says, if you love my smells like my vagina candle, you'll love my new product, anus oil. And she starts rubbing it on her face. I lost it. I just. Good night, everybody. (laughs) And that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for coming to the uh, show tonight. (laughs) Oh, that was great. So three for three. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, good. Thank you. There it is. That's what I was looking for. Team people, spirit. People don't understand that there's actually a checklist in the, on the screen in front of me, and it says vagina issue, uh, vagina reference number one, vagina reference number two. <laughs> so tick, 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 we're done. <laughs> you do that too, Stuart, right? Like your your Friday morning uh, fridge show, right? It's all about yeah, vaginas. It's, Those it's are vagina like photos in the background, is it not? And, yeah, and I actually have a tattoo of check boxes, and it's just I use a dry erase marker. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. That's right. That's right. It's all about cost cutting. Oh, man. Uh, Ann Kaminer is uh, a a longtime uh, fan of the show and uh, a writer on point as well. And uh, I actually went to college with her, and she asked me if I've managed to track down Steve Lancashire. Ann, uh, turn off your microphone. Turn on your microphone there. You've got to tell everybody who's Steve Lancashire. I am out of the loop on this one. So Steve uh, was a fellow student at Humber College in radio broadcasting. And um, I think he was a ballet dancer before that, Michael. At some yeah. point, anyway. <laughs> if, if, if he was referring to ballet dancing, he was referring not to the ballet dancing we were talking about. <laughs> it was completely different. Uh, and, and brings up Steve Lancaster, Alan. Um, he and I went to, to college together along with Alan. Uh, with Anne. And um, this guy was a huge fan of Rush. Uh-huh. Such a fan that he decided, like every other student in the broadcasting program, myself included, that he was going to change his name for radio. <laughs> now, you've changed your name for radio, am I correct? Just uh, to get rid of the ethnicity, yes. Was that your call, or did no, somebody else make that somebody call? somebody else made it happen. I, well, I, tell I, us what happened story. with How George. How did that happen? Uh, well, back in the day, it was you had to have an easily pronounceable non-ethnic name if people were going to remember you. And uh, I was told 20 minutes before my first shift at this radio station that I had to come up with something. And I just happened to be holding a pair of Koss headphones in my hand. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll just add an R and there we go. And for the first while, I spell it with a K. And then that uh, got transliterated into a C when I got a job at CFNY. And my favorite CFNY Allen Cross story is the ruckus that was raised when a promos went on for days and days and days in the lead up to Easter, where um, oh, the, 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 the intern on the morning show, Danger Boy, was going to be nailed to a cross. Yes. And for days they talked about, you got to come down and join us at Young and Dundas where a Danger Boy is going to be nailed to a cross. Yeah. So this was Howard, and Fred, uh, Humble and Fred. Uh, the Archdiocese of Toronto was absolutely beside themselves. Um, and they had to figure out a way to get out of this. So what they thought at the very last second, somebody came into the studio and said, stand there with your arms held out. 
Okay. So I did. Okay, what's this for? Uh, never mind. Thanks. And then the next day, the very next day, I realized that I'd become part of this prop. So I had no idea in the whole thing. So they nailed Danger Boy to a cardboard cutout of you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Not my not my proudest moment, but it was uh, something that actually saved the radio station from all kinds of legal woe. Now, Steve Lancashire changed his name for radio as well uh, at the campus radio station, but he changed it every single shift. shift. <laughs> uh, big fan of Getty Lee. So one year it was uh, one one shift it was uh, Steve Getty, and then it was Getty Lancashire, and then at that point you start to get into these weird permutations of, of all of that. And I asked him one day, I said, "Why do you keep changing your name?" And he admitted, "Because after the shift, I go to the campus pub." And I can't remember my name the next day. <laughs> and he disappeared halfway through the radio broadcasting program to work in Huntsville, Ontario. He was filling in on a mat leave and just he just never came back. Yeah. And, and we we're all like, whatever happened to that guy? So Anne and I and, and I can imagine others, um, you know, George Strombolopoulos was in our class as well. Uh, all wonder whatever happened to that guy. Now, Stuart Reynolds, you, your, your name is Brittlestar because you got into music before you got into what you're doing. Well, it's funny because I've, I changed my name to Stuart Reynolds. Brittlestar is the name <laughs> that my, my parents arrived from Scotland on the boat. And they were like, don't, let's never change this. And I felt I had to change it. But then I ended up going back to my roots. Yeah, I just, it's funny because I had, I, we were filming yesterday and it was the people I hadn't spent time with in person before. And they were like, hey, Brillstar. Oh, sorry, Stuart. And I was like, no, no, just stay on brand. Just keep on brand. I, no one needs to know my real name. No one cares who Stuart Reynolds is. Just stick to Brittlestar. Nobody calls Bono Paul Hewson. Exactly. And that's exactly what I told them. And they all said to me, who's Bono? And then I see some U2, and, and they're like, who's U2? Because they're all in their 20s, and they have no idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're all in their 20s and have no idea. <laughs> all they, I actually, all, I all they know is that, that they opened their iPod one day, and there was a free U2 album on there. That they exactly. Did. That's they like, oh, God, that's right. It was those. Like, it's the same as, like, Doofenshmirtz from, like, Face and Ferb or something. They hate is a bad guy. Or, sorry for you older people, Gargamel from the Smurfs. Um, but it's like uh, I said to, in a conversation yesterday, I referenced David Byrne in regards to his comment, his quote about uh, uh, if you want people to remember, you wear the same clothes every day. And uh, this was like back in Stop Making Sense time. And, and they went, ah, David who? I said, he's from the Talking Heads. The what? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing Crickets. at all. And these people are like 20, late 20s. Crazy. You know what? They go and stand in the rock and roll corner. There's no excuse for not knowing. Who no, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, one of our longtime uh, writers on geeksandbeats.com uh, has his own podcast. Shane Hanif joins us now as uh, Shane Fame Alexander. Uh, Shane, how's the podcast coming along? It's good, man. Um, and I have to go thank uh, you guys for the long journey I've had under your guys' learning tree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, if it wasn't for you guys, I don't think I would be able to do my podcast. And I'm just starting, kind of breaking news, I'm just starting to get... Um, little crony behind me that I'm doing her podcast uh, coming up soon under the fame and friends umbrella. And um, you're starting an entire industry within. I am starting a whole universe. Awesome. That's fantastic. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's mainly because of um, our chats in the newsroom and uh, what I got, what I learned from you guys and stuff. So thank you for that. Hey, look out Marvel. Look out DC. 
Look out Marvel, look out DC. Now, Shane, um, your podcast is uh, gear, geared towards personal growth, um, something that is recently of, of particular interest to me. COVID-19 has given us all an opportunity for expanding our, our horizons. Um, tell us a little bit about the show itself. So, Shower for the Soil was actually named... Um, from a book that I was going to write when I was a teenager about my trials and tribulations as a teenager. And um, it was about mental health. And then it kind of evolved into lifestyle and um, uh, different new stuff. And then when I was on I Hate Us, I did um, Rinse, which was uh, Facebook Live. Sorry, Rinse is a news doc kind of style. And I'm sure you might know about this as a new as a radio guy and you a radio nerd you like to um test your styles with production especially mm-hmm. when it comes to news mm-hmm. so i've always wanted this like um vice type of radio 10 minute fast in your face type of cklw type of news doc and um that's what <laughs> rinse is and uh yeah, it's it's been fun. I've been, you know, it's a lifehood dream, and yeah, it's it's been cool. All right, now Shane Allen mentioned specifically uh, the, the Big Eight, which if you're a radio nerd, you know very much what you know the 2020 news, the Big Eight kind of environment was all about. Yes, am I supposed to explain this now? I was going to set you up to let you do it, man. Okay. Big 8 was CKW <laughs> in Windsor, Ontario. They were what was called a 50,000-watt clear channel radio station at 800 on the AM dial. They could reach somewhere between 35 and 38 U.S. states with their signal. Their main market was Detroit, but they also got into Cleveland. They also got into Cincinnati. They also got into Chicago. They got into a whole lot of places. And they had a music director by the name of Rosalie Tremblay. And Rosalie was considered to be the most influential, certainly one of one of the most influential tastemakers and music directors in the entire North American radio industry. So much so that Bob Seger wrote a song about her called Rosalie in hopes that one day Rosalie would add one of Bob Seger's records to the playlist at CKLW. She is also responsible for bringing Motown to radio because CKLW being in Windsor, Detroit, um, would broadcast into Detroit, but the Detroit radio stations were too racist to play black musicians, so it took Rosalie playing the Supremes, uh, all of those other magical bands of the Motown era, before the Americans woke up to what was happening in their own city of Detroit. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, CKLW also pioneered a different news style, a different jock style, different programming style. If we want to get under the uh, the hood of this, a different way of creating um, clocks for your rotations. It was a really groundbreaking <laughs> had a very good run, and there were a lot of really talented people who worked there over the years. I, I'm, I was going to try to look up uh, a uh, what they call an air check uh, for 2020 news. It was called 2020 news not because of the vision, but because they did it at 20 minutes past past the hour and 20 minutes to the hour because they recognize that anybody who is listening to any other rock and roll radio station at the start and the 30 minute mark would end up having to listen to somebody else's news so they changed the channel so they put the newscast somewhere else um and to alan to your point because all of the djs were talking like this 
they made the news people do it too. And the way you did it in news was you really ramped up. Uh, Again, it'd be tough to find it out of the blue, but, you know, Grant Hudson, Lee Marshall, these guys did the news. And um, it was done in that shock value, just like the DJs. Like there was this horrible story um, about a a man who had come home and had a Beaten his family to death with a baseball, baseball bat. bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the genuine Louisville slugger. He batted a thousand on her head. She's dead. Like, that was the yeah. way they did it. But that strain was the way. Strain through the gear grill of a 57 Chevy. Yeah, well, we used um, in news a lot of the, the 2020 news uh, stuff. For, we would take it down a bunch of notches. But the one that really stuck in my head and I used all the time was um, uh, this was a horrible story about a, 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 a tractor trailer truck hauling something and a kid ran in front of it um, and they had eyewitness accounts and this is how the news item started it was there he was a big steel hauling man sitting in the rig of his truck crying and then they roll the clip of someone (coughs) an eyewitness and it was that set up and punch you in the face with the clip that really stuck with me through my entire 680 news career the whole idea was to make the news as entertaining as the music and the DJs. And sometimes you had to, you had to go places. Yeah. Uh, so we went lots of places on Geeks and Beats um, with um, our, we called him our um, Starfleet Bureau Chief, uh, Derek Dresser, joins us now. And he joins us with a lot of that uh, geekitude behind him as well. Derek, thank you for joining us. And thank you for everything you contributed uh, in the Star Trek universe over the course of Geeks and Beats. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for everything. Just thanks for uh, inviting me along for the ride. It's been a lot of fun, and we're going to miss you guys. Oh, this listen, we're not going anywhere. Michael's got all his stuff. I've got all my stuff. Uh, ooh, but, you know but what? together. Well, you know, this is nothing. We haven't talked about who gets custody of the interns. <laughs> do, do you want them? I don't want them. the intern? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, what do you plan to do with Sean? I'm, I'm, I'm keeping I, Amber. Amber is, 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 is a keeper for me, so you can't have her. Oh, I've got that on the record then, eh? Huh. How much are you paying her? Well, same as you. Uh, I don't know. Uh, dads, I would like to uh, have conversations <laughs> later on. Well, you know I what? love you both equally. I will find ways. All right, fine. I will find ways. All right. All right. <clears throat> yeah, well, see, this is the thing, right? Is, is that... Uh... <laughs> okay, so then I guess this sort of brings us to that sort of next uh, point. Oh, and I'm trying to do this little thing here. There we go. Okay. All right. So um, you've got all these things that you're doing, um, but I got a few things that I'm doing as well. Oh, Um, so you've made. All right. Fine. Go ahead. Yeah. So back in 2016, I had this thing called Where's My Jetpack, which I launched because I was expecting at any moment for CTV to hand me a pink slip. And I figured I needed something um, outside of traditional television. And so I launched that. And then I never got that pink slip. And Geeks and Beats took off even more. And I I sort of put it on the back burner. But um, I have messaged all of the members of the world's worst intern program, Alan. Mm. And to answer your question about who gets them. Here's the answer. I, I said, here's what I'm going to do. Once Geeks and Beats is done, I'm going to hijack the feed and launch Where's My Jetpack 
using the Geeks and Beats iTunes account and the Patreon account. And if you are here for Alan and you're not here for me, I will not be the least bit offended if you unsubscribe. Well, I wish you all the best. Go ahead, subscribe. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Sean, did you hear some sarcasm in that? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no. all right. I was worried. It did it sound wow. Oh, you know what? Okay, I'm no, no, never mind. It's the soju, isn't it? No, it's not the soju. I'm just thinking that the thirty, um, the premiere of uh, season thirty-two of The Simpsons is on now. Oh, are, are you saying? I was hoping for another vagina story, but what uh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what The Simpsons is covering tonight. Could be vaginas, Alan. You could, could be missing. He four fingered vagina. Well, that sounds terrible. I don't oh, know where I was going. Oh, <laughs> Yikes. Uh, you know what? Take those four fingers out of your mouth. Yeah, tell me about it, especially under COVID, right? <sighs> okay. So yeah, so geeks, uh, geeks and beats will will. Uh, what I'm going to do is um, I'm not going to hit the uh, charge patrons for this post uh, for the first three episodes of Where's My Jetpack because my wife and I I have this deal where whenever we watch a new show we always give it three episodes before deciding whether or not yes. to pull the plug on it. Yes. You so that to. just seems reasonable. It does. Good luck. Thank you. So the the show Where's My Jetpack is about the technologies that we were promised as kids what we actually got and what we're getting next. And for someone like you who grew up in the jet age, right? Like you were promised a lot that you never got. Well, I have been sitting on the front porch watching bad science fiction. And the shows that I've been watching is the Jerry Anderson, Sylvia Anderson UFO TV series from 1970, which promised a whole bunch of interesting things by 1980, never happened. And I've also been rewatching Space 1999 and noticing that many of the things that apparently were ready to go in 1999 did not happen. So, uh, and then of course I, I watched 2001 whenever it's on TV, which means uh, nothing is as with all those promises have not been not been made but we did get some things like for example there's so much talk about how you know we were promised robot butlers but we never got a robot butler to answer the door for us and do all the cooking and do all the cleaning but we kind of did well, I got we a got, exactly the robots we were expecting were a single solitary robot that we've given name to but in reality what we ended up getting was a bunch of single purpose robots the one for the front door for the doorbell the one for the carpet the one for the the hardwood floor as well all of those types of things we got them we just yep. didn't get them the way we expected no and nothing looks like data and nothing looks like uh robbie the robot and did would you really actually at the end of the day want that a Robbie the Robot, a big machine. No, absolutely around. not. Absolutely exactly. not. Yeah. Uh, so what have you got going on next? Uh, because we got one uh, comment here in the chat. You know, what are we going to do as far as getting updates on sex bots from Alan Cross? Oh, okay, I'm going to have to think about that. I do not want to disappoint anybody. So maybe I will figure out a way to incorporate sex bots into my... Uh, Everyday life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The ongoing life. history of sex bots. Yeah. Um, that seems problematic. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I, I don't know. I think Chorus Energy might well. have a bit of a problem with it, but other than that, I think we're okay. Uh, Stuart, any thoughts on this matter here? How, how does Alan monetize sex bots? 
I think the biggest problem you're both going to have is trying to find that will they, won't they energy you guys have currently. And I think that's going to be your biggest challenge. I don't know how you're going to recreate that, but maybe with sex bots, it's more of like a, yeah, they probably will. <laughs> I'd never looked at it that way, Alan. Yeah, uh, this is why I'm going to miss Brittle Star. He does think a little weird outside the box. Uh, I was going to say with the wrong side of his brain. Oh, I thought you were going to go down another vagina. Isn't, isn't there already a sex bot brothel somewhere? I feel like we covered that at some I point. We didn't cover I that. don't know. Yeah, we Alan. Did. I don't know. I feel like I wrote about it. I, I, I somehow believe that there is, and I don't know where, but I don't think it's in North America. No, I no, feel like I it's Japan. It's, no, I think it is in Toronto. Oh my God! You're right. Right. Yes. You're right, yeah. Vanessa. They were trying. They were talking about trying it there. That's right. Yeah. Like a year and a half or so ago. Yeah. Fine. We're googling this. Uh, yeah. yeah, we've got to Google this. I mean, are you in? What is our reputation is at this it? point if we don't? Uh, Would that not be shut down? No, no, no. no. It, go, go back oh, one. Go back one. I saw it. Second. Uh, there it is. Toronto businessman. There you go. Blog tos on it. Yeah. Blog like Oprah on a ham. When was this posted? Um, this is a few years back, I remember. 2018, August 25th, 2018. Definitely before the pandemic, son, you're right. Uh, or adults. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I remember Young Street. I remember yeah. that we were actually, you know, wondering who would do the maintenance and cleanup. Ugh. No, you. But it would be by the way, wait a second. By the way, I do have a story. This is out of Vietnam. A woman was busted selling used recycled condoms. She was yep. paid seven. I saw that too. That's gross. Every every kilo was uh, seventeen cents. She would wash <laughs> them and then resell them. Do we trust that she actually rewashed them? Yes. <laughs> well, I don't really. Know. Who are you asking? I'm just telling you need you. to direct that question. <laughs> uh, so uh, your sex bot uh, brothel, Alan, uh, it still looks like it might be coming soon. Hey, uh, hey. No uh -huh. and, and, but before you go for your appointment, you might want to go to the Hollywood nails and waxing because, you know, you, you got to look your best. Am I right or am I right? Would yeah, this I be a, co a COVID proof business? Because really they can't, the sex box can't get COVID, right? Can they? Can they? But they can get I mean, computer viruses. Uh, they can do that, but what's the latest guidance on air, uh, aerosol, aerosolized transmission? Because in my country, they can't figure it out from day to day because... <laughs> Alan. I mean, uh, never mind. Yay, everybody's what, wonderful. What's going nobody on with, lies ever about anything. What's going on with your sex bot when it's aerosolizing? Yeah, that's in the, that sounds like you should return it. <laughs> I think this is an excellent point to end the big show. What do you say? Because yes. Alan's already, you know, getting itchy about watching the new Simpsons. Uh. This this was always the thing, by the way, behind the scenes. You always got itchy around this time. Yeah, I did. I mean, I'm, I'm good for about an hour and then I lose uh, focus. So, Alan, I want to say thank you to you. Um, one of the questions that I got um, from uh, one of the patrons was, how did you, you know, get together and do this thing in the first place? Um, your wife and my wife knew each other, mm -hmm. and uh, we all got together at, at a dinner one night, and you out of nowhere said, you know, we should do a podcast. Yeah, because it was starting to sort of starting to take off, and I thought, well, I need somebody who... I could work with and somebody who knows what they're doing. And you were the only person. <laughs> so we ended up 
um, going, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. And, you know, eight seasons later, which is kind of funny because we went on hiatus uh, for season seven, but we just claimed that it was a season that existed. So for all intents and purposes, eight years we've been doing this show. Yeah, it's been a very long time, which is a really good run. I think I've said this before in some other discussions that if you're in a band, uh, a band, the average lifespan of a band is seven years from getting together to getting good to reaching a peak and then deciding that uh, it's time to leave when the audience still wants more. So we made it a year more than that. We did. We did. That's awesome. I mean, thank you thank very much. It, oh, this has awesome. been a tremendous um, experience for me to work with you, as well as just to be able to do this kind of thing on a regular basis. It is. And I've learned a lot from you. <laughs> Who sent me the Rickroll? All right. Dr. Proxima. You know, I'm trying to be serious All here. Right. I'm, I'm kicking him out. That's yeah. it. He's gone. Uh, okay. No, thank you very much. You've done, I, again, I have to underscore this. Michael does all the work uh, when it comes to getting everything together and, and producing everything, posting everything. He does all the work. I just show up to do this, and I'm the guy that's complaining that I don't have enough time to do it. So I, I feel really bad about that, and, and perhaps we can do this again in some other form somewhere down the line. Don't taunt us like that. I know. People I know. have said that. People are like, you I know, said, maybe you guys will come back. If I lose my job, if my, they don't renew my contract, I'm going to have to find something to... I mean, I, I'm going to need that 12 bucks a month for Patreon. Exactly. All right. We'll last check in with Stuart uh, Reynolds, Brittle Star, the Internet's favorite dad, who is Mr. Experience when it comes to social media. I'm looking at the streaming here on, on the YouTube. We got 81 direct playbacks with the average watch time of nine minutes, two seconds. How good or bad is that, Stuart? That's phenomenal. It's really, really great. And I think you guys have got a great career ahead of you. And I think things are going to work out. They should just keep rolling with this format. It's fantastic. Okay. Hey, you're you you're digging that. our grave, are you? Is that what this is? No, it was the talk about cats, and I miss my two cats. They've been dead for a while now, but they're up back. <laughs> With the shovel ready to go. I love yeah. it. It's like that Monty Python go. gag. Yeah. You know, it it's took nice flowers to, to bury the cat. Oh, they kept me warm. Didn't. Yeah, they kept they kept me warm when they were alive, and now it's my turn. So. So as to the interns, uh, all of you, uh, I can't thank you individually uh, because there's just so many. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's been fantastic, and you guys have been absolutely great. Victor Biggio, thank you for the thumbs up as well, and to everyone else as well. We have one big thumbs up for everyone. There we go. There we go. Thanks, guys. There's, there's the <laughs> screenshot right there. Uh, all the best to you, and thank you for everything, and I hope you'll stick around for Where's My Jetpack. Alan? I hope you stick around and follow me from whatever I'm doing, journalmusicalthings.com. I'll let you know what's going on with that and uh, maybe the CFMY documentary that I'm working on. A few other things we'll see. Thank you so much for everything, Alan. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.